Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast so far. Please welcome back to the show, Miss Kathy Lewis with Miss Murray Wilson in the CBS Comedy Show, My Friend Irma. In this first episode, we find the girls once again in their apartment. The girls are in their living room when Jane looks at Irma and sees her beloved roommate and friend laying on the couch with a hot water bottle at her feet and a ice bag at her head. Irma thinks that she's sick when Jane knows that her beloved roommate is not. So Jane tries to convince Irma that she's not sick when Irma believes that she's dying. So later on Richard Rylander, Jane's boss and boyfriend comes to let her know that she is going to Chicago for a business trip. So Jane's really excited to be allowed this opportunity by Richard. So Jane is getting ready and goes to the store while her beloved roommate opens up the door to their balcony and sees their neighbor, another little boy across the way by himself. So Irma invites him over not knowing that the boy is very sick and has measles. So Jane comes back and finds that me that Irma has invited the little boy over who has the measles. So Jane and Irma try to get some sleep when Irma keeps Jane up half of the night, opening and closing the window. But towards the end, a doctor comes by and looks at Irma and tells Jane that Irma is sick with the measles. So Jane unfortunately cannot go to her trip and is to remain in quarantine for two weeks. And it is called Irma Kit's Sick. And in this next episode, we find the girls once again talking about their future with their beloved boyfriends, Irma with Al and Jane with Richard, when they're talking about getting married and looking at bridal gowns in a bride's magazine for the month of June. So Irma imagines her honeymoon with Al instead of relaxing and enjoying herself with her husband Al. Al, when they get married, is taking her on their honeymoon right next to the office of her employer, Mr. Clyde, who is Irma's boss. So Jane tells Irma about Richard and her plans one day. When Jane and Irma start talking about their children, Jane objects and tells Irma that she does not want to have her daughter end up having gray hair at a very young age. Then later on in the episode, Irma's girlfriend, Amber Lipscott, comes over with the exciting news that she's getting married later on that afternoon. So Irma and Al are invited to the wedding, but Jane's not because Amber and Jane do not like each other. So Irma is 
responsible for picking up Amber's ring at a key jeweler store. When Jane and their beloved neighbor, Professor Kropotkin, come in, Jane thinks that Irma is buying her own wedding ring, and Jane gets herself in quite a pickle with Amber. And it is called Irma Buys Her Own Wedding Ring. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Murray Wilson and Miss Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show, My Friend Irma. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. The Columbia Broadcasting System presents a new comedy. My Friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane, with John Brown as Al and Life Erickson as Richard. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect blendship when other friendships have been forgot. Theirs will still be hot. My friend Irma. is like the strong bow of a sturdy ship. That's true, I live with the wreck of the Hesperus. My friend Irma, let me describe her to you. She's five feet two with blonde hair and brown eyes, pretty little nose, likes to wear low heels because they go so well with her IQ. Now don't get me wrong, I love Irma. She's sweet and she's kind and there are times when, well, for instance, the other night we just finished dinner and I said, Irma, why are you bringing that bag of garbage back into the apartment? And Irma said, Well, they don't collect it until morning and I don't want anybody to steal it. <laughs> you see what I mean? It's nothing to laugh at. could happen to you. But it happened to me. Right now, for instance, I've got another problem. Irma is a bit of a hypochondriac. Right now, she thinks she's sick. She's lying stretched out on the sofa with an ice bag on her head and a hot water bottle at her feet. Irma doesn't know what she has, but whatever it is, she's going to stop it at both ends. <laughs> Irma, honey, what do you think is wrong with you now? Oh, Jane, I don't know, but when I woke up this morning, my arm was stiff. Well, so what, honey? You probably slept on it and it fell asleep. Is that normal? One arm asleep, the other raring to go? <laughs> Okay. I've got symptoms. Oh, Irma Peterson, will you stop this nonsense? There's nothing wrong with you. You're as well as I am. Oh, you'll regret those words when you have to bury a healthy woman. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Irma, you're ridiculous. You're laughable. Yes? Well, they laughed at Thomas Edison, and he's dead. <laughs> Honey, what makes you so sure that you're sick? Well, I'm breaking out in a cold sweat, and I see spots in front of my eyes. Irma, the ice bag is leaking and your mascara is running. <laughs> well, don't try to make me feel good when I know I'm dying. Now, let me see. What shall I wear? Wear? What are you talking about? Well, Jane, I want to look nice when my time comes. I think I'll wear an evening gown. No, on second thought, I don't want to go formal. <laughs> Come in. Hello, Richard. Hello, Jane. Say, Irma, what's the matter with you? Oh, Richard, I've no strength. My vitality feels like a sap. <laughs> well, don't bother with Irma, Richard. She's got another one of her imaginary ailments. Which one? I don't know. We've run out of names. Jane, you're not trying. Jane, Jane, I I've got some good news for you. We've hired a new branch manager at our Chicago office, and the company wants you to go there to familiarize him with our procedure. Me? Mm -hmm. To Chicago? Oh, that's wonderful. Irma, did you hear? Oh, yes, Jane. You're going to Chicago. Oh, how lucky for you. You'll see the stockyards and the Eiffel... And, and the Eiffel Tower. That's in Paris. The stockyards? No. The Eiffel Tower. Oh, what's the difference? Richard, when do I leave? Tomorrow morning. 
Now, you get a plane out of here at 5 o'clock at LaGuardia Airport. Yeah. And all the arrangements have been made for oh, you. Oh, gee. Richard, you're the nicest boss a girl ever had. I hope I'll handle it all right. You'll do a wonderful job, Jane. Ah, uh, that's because you're sweet. And prejudiced. Oh, goodbye. And have a pleasant trip. Goodbye, Irma. Keep well. Stay as sick as you are. <laughs> oh, thanks. Gee, Jane, you're going to Chicago, and you won't be here to take care of me. I'll have to call up Chicago to see what my temperature is. <laughs> Irma, will you stop this nonsense? You know, if I thought for one minute that you were really sick, I'd cancel my trip and I'd stay home and nurse you back to health. But I will not put up with a hypochondriac. It's all in your mind. Oh, Jane, go if you wish. Far be it from me to stop you. But when you come back and find an empty chair, I won't be in it. <laughs> How will I know? <laughs> now, listen to me. Will you help me pack and stop this death scene from Camille? You're perfectly healthy, honey, and if you get lonely, there's always Al. <laughs> Dear old unemployed Al. <laughs> Jane, please don't mention Al. You see, Al and I can never be married now. I'm not well, and Al has principles. He would never allow himself to be supported by a sick woman <laughs> That must be the grim reaper calling for me Oh, stop Come in Hiya, chicken Not the reaper, but believe me, it's pretty grim hey, Take it easy on me, Janie It's been a murderous day Gee, what happened, Al, honey? Got called down by the income tax people Something wrong with my return well, that's ridiculous. You haven't had a steady job for years. Yeah, well, they're not quibbling about the income. It's the deductions. <laughs> they want to know about that buck I gave to the Democratic Committee. Oh, well, what about it? I put President Truman down as a dependent. <laughs> hey, Chicken, what are you doing squandering money? Every time I see you, you got a new hat on. Al, this is an ice bag. Honey. <laughs> You ain't sick, are you? No, Al, no. Irma's not sick. She just thinks she is. But I haven't got the time to pamper her. I'm leaving tomorrow morning for Chicago. Chicago? Uh-huh. Wonderful city. Yeah. Used to have a pal there. He was a night worker at the stockyards. But he got fired. Why? Used to count sheep and fall asleep. <laughs> you look him up, will you? Great fella. All wool and a yard wide. Yeah. Fine, fine. I'll have him up for tea. Al, will you please get Irma to stop acting like a child? I've got to go out and buy some luggage. I'll be seeing you. Al. What, chicken? I think I'm dying. I stopped breathing. Chicken, the ice bag just slipped over your nose. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your mind. All in my mind? Why, certainly, honey. The mind is very tricky, you know. Let me describe the human brain to you. The brain is located midway between your head. <laughs> and it's tied at both ends by the ears. <laughs> this is known as the Erie Canal. <laughs> now, your entire brain is protected by a milky fluid. And when too much of this collects in one place, you lose your memory. Oh, yes, I've heard of that. It's called milk of amnesia. <laughs> oh, come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. Hello, Al. Irma, my little anchovy, what's wrong with you? Irma thinks she's sick. Sick? Got just the doctor. Dr. Varenyek. What a man. Keeps me in pink of condition, healthy like an ox. Don't know what I do without him. Well, if he's so good, why are you so skinny? I gotta work like a horse to pay his bills. <laughs> Tell me, Irma, what's wrong with you? Well, I don't feel right. I think I should have a doctor. Professor, you got to help me convince Irma that she's well and that it's all in her mind. Certainly. Irma, don't be a child. Forget that you're sick. Think of pleasant things. Think of this lovely room you... No. <laughs> Think of the fine, handsome, successful boyfriend you... Get. No. You know something? There's nothing pleasant in your life. Why? <laughs> Why? I'm very depressed. Yeah. Don't think I'm putting this on. I realize there's nothing like sickness to ruin a person's health. Chicken, you're not sick. Now repeat after me. It's all in my mind. It's all in my mind. Again. It's all in my mind. It's all in my mind. You got it? Yeah, well, except for one thing. What's that? What's all in my mind? 
sick and will you forget it? You're not sick. Now, come on. See me to the door and give me a big kiss, huh? Chicken, when you kiss me, why do you close your eyes? <laughs> I like to guess who it is. <laughs> Glad to see you feeling better. Well, remember now, it's all in your mind. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Al, honey. Gee, I'm glad I've got something on my mind. I used to be so lonely. Well, I think I'll open the window for some air. Hi, Lyman. Hello, Merwin. What are you doing sitting on the fire escape all alone? I got the measles. The measles? Oh, don't be silly. It's all in your mind. <laughs> Come up here and tell me all about it. <laughs> shopping, and I'm all set to go to Chicago. Gee, you know, I'm going to miss Irma. I'd like to take her along, but I can't. Chicago's the windy city, and every time the wind whistles, Irma will call a cop and say that someone's getting fresh. <laughs> but thank goodness I know she's not sick, and nothing can happen to her and spoil my trip. Oh, Merwin, you're so silly. What makes you think you've got the measles? Well, what are all these red spots on my face? Well, it could be anything. Maybe you were eating Swiss cheese in the sun. <laughs> Look, Irma, it's my body, and besides, my old man's a doctor. So what? Doctors aren't inflammable. <laughs> Would you start over again, Irma? You lost me. Well, all right, I'll, I'll explain it to you because you're a child. Uh, you see, Merwin, your brain is covered with a milky substance which comes from the Erie Canal. <laughs> I gotta straighten you out, Oima. You're in left field, believe me. I have measles, which is an infectious malady characterized by the appearance of a peculiar eruption in catarrh of the head. A two-week period of incubation is followed by chills, fever, and dusky red eruptions in the form of crescentic cruise. Is that the way to talk to your elders? <laughs> Hello, Irma. Jane, you know Merwin? Yeah, sure. Tell me, honey, how do you feel? Oh, I feel fine, but Merwin here thinks he has measles. Tell him it's all in his mind. What? Oh. No. 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 See, Merwin, Jane says no. No. No, you haven't got measles. Irma... What, Jane? Can't you see? Merwin has got the measles. Jane, you forget your own words. It's only in his mind, except on him a little leaked out. <laughs> now, between the acts of my friend Irma, it's the Sportsman Quartet and their novel arrangement of Across the Alley from the Alamo. <laughs> Across the alley from the Alamo lived a thin old pony and a Navajo who sang a sort of Indian hi-de-ho to the people passing by. The thin spent his time in swishing flies and the Navajo watched the blazing skies and very rarely did they ever rest their eyes on the people passing by. One day they went a-walking along the railroad track. They were swishing not looking, toot toot, they never came back. Across the alley from the Alamo, when the summer sun decided to settle low, a fly sings an Indian hidey-ho to the people passing by. Across some alley from a Malamo, no livum pony and no Navajo, no sing a in the unhidey ho, or do a people a pass them by. How? Bye. How? How? Bye. 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 How? One day take them walk along them iron horse track. They swish them, not look them, toot toot, ugh, never come back. Across a valley from a Malamo, in a lovely starlight tender glow. I sing them Indian hidey ho to them people pass them by. Now, way far off in happy hunting grounds, live a pony and a Navajo safe and sound. They sing them, dance them round and round with a manger. Pass them by. Peachy. 
lead for Chicago, Irma decides to play hostess to a boy with measles. Oh, that's what I love about Irma. She never goes out looking for trouble. She brings it right into the house. So I called Dr. Miller, and I explained the situation to him, and he told me not to worry. He didn't know whether I'd gotten the measles or not. The main thing was to get a good night's rest. So I took his advice, tumbled into bed, and was prepared to drop off into dreamland. And I suddenly heard a voice from the opposite bed saying, Jane. I turned around, and there was Irma sitting up in bed, cutting little round pieces of adhesive. Jane. Irma, what are you going to do with all that stuff? Well, in case I get the measles, I'll cover the spots with them, then no one will know I'm sick. <laughs> They'll just think I cut myself while shaving. Uh. <laughs> Look, honey, I've got to get a good night's sleep. Please go to bed and drop off into slumber. <laughs> oh, mother. Hello? Al? Yeah, yeah, she's here. Irma, talk to him and make it fast, huh? Hello, Al, honey. Oh, we've been exposed to measles. Uh, no good doctor? Uh-huh. Well, I'll ask Jane. Uh, Jane, uh, Al knows a vet. A vet? <laughs> well, don't be ridiculous. But, Jane, I think we should give our business to a war hero. <laughs> Irma, hang up. All right. Uh, Al, I'm sorry, honey. I, I can't give you a kiss. Measles are contagious. Will you hang up and let's get some sleep? Goodbye, Al. Jane. What is it now? Do you mind if I say my prayers? Oh, no, of course not, honey. Now I lay me down to bed to rest my weary little head. I trust you've heard each word I've said. Make us be better or we'll wake up dead. Oh, huh. that's very sweet, Irma. Oh, wait, P.S. Please get Al a job. Yeah, all right, all right. All right. Good night, honey. Good night. Jane. Bloop, bleep, bleep, bloop. Irma, what are you bleep blooping about? Well, the water's dripping in the basin. I can't sleep. Well, you used it last. You shut it off. I'm too tired to get out of bed. Yeah. Well, just dream you're at Niagara Falls and it won't bother you. <laughs> All right. Oh, Jane. Did you try dreaming about Niagara Falls? Yes, I did. We got a room at a hotel, but the water dripped and I couldn't sleep. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'll shut it off. Good night. <sighs> Jane. Irma, what is it now? I can't sleep with the window open. Well, I can't sleep with the window closed. Good night. Jane. Jane, are you asleep? Irma. <laughs> Irma, are you asleep? <laughs> Jane? Jane, are you asleep? Irma? Irma, are you asleep? Yes, but you can open the window. It's your turn. Thanks. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Oh. <sighs> I will go out of my mind. Hello. What? What program am I listening to? <laughs> Widow Brown faces life. It doesn't go on till Wednesday? I'll wait. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, if I don't get some sleep. What was that? Mr. Hogan upstairs just got home. Probably tight again. Yes, there goes his shoe. Yeah, there goes the other. <laughs> we can't have three feet. Oh, I wonder what it was. I think he struck Mrs. Hogan. 
talk back. <laughs> well, it's quiet again, but what difference does it make now? My head is just splitting. Oh, I'll get it. Hello? Oh, Jane, it's Richard. Oh, dear, no. I, I don't want him to know I may have the measles, and yet I couldn't lie to him. You talk to him, honey. Uh, tell him anything. Uh, uh, I'm taking a bath, or, or I ran down to the drugstore. Hello, Richard? Well, Jane isn't here. Uh, she ran down to the drugstore to take a bath. No! <laughs> no, I, I, I just went downstairs to leave a note in the bottle for the milkman so he'll know I'm in Chicago. Oh, Jane went downstairs to get a bottle because she's going to Chicago with the milkman. Hold it, honey. Hold it, honey. Oh, no. Give me the phone, will you? Hello, Richard. Richard, I'm sorry. It's just that I'm so upset. I... Why'd you call me so late? The weather looks bad and you'd rather I took the train? Oh. Well, why, Richard? Huh? Because you love me? Oh. <laughs> Richard, that's just... <laughs> no, I'm all right. It's just that I... I just want to get some sleep. <laughs> Goodbye, Richard. <sighs> you want an aspirin, Jane? <laughs> no, I'll be all right. I just want to get some sleep. Would you care for a peanut butter sandwich? <laughs> no. With jelly? No! Irma Peterson, I beg of you, keep quiet. Jane, are you angry at me? <laughs> well, how could I not be? You bring a kid up here who has the measles. You know I have to leave for Chicago in the morning. You know I need a good night's rest. Maybe I ought to go to a hotel. That's a good idea. I'll go with you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll do nothing of the sort. Oh, bother. Who is it? Me, Professor Krapatsky. Oh, well, will you wait till we put some robes on? All right, you can come in. Hello, Jill. I'm sorry to disturb you at such a late hour, but I met Al. He said you may be sick. Well, I think we're getting the measles. So what are you worried about? Measles is nothing. Just freckles with high blood pressure. <laughs> and how do you know you got it? Well, we've been exposed to it. So what? Al has walked past employment offices for six years. He still hasn't got a job. <laughs> no, no, Professor, I'm sure I'm getting measles. Oh, Professor, tell, it, tell her it's all in her mind. Janie's turning out to be a real hypodermic. <laughs> Irma, don't needle me. I'm not the type of person who imagines <laughs> Why are my feet cold? You're standing on my ice bag. Oh. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. I know symptoms. I'm pretty sure I've got the measles. Listen to me, Jenny. You're bebbing yourself. And that I can't stand. You've got to have discipline. Look at me. I got chills, too. I got terrible headache. I got a pain in my back. You know something, girls? You're talking to a very sick man. I'm going to bed immediately. Good night. Irma, there's only one thing to do. It's the only decent thing to do. I've got to call Richard and explain this whole thing. Hello? Hello, Richard. Jane. Richard, I can't go to Chicago. I'm getting the measles. Don't you dare say it's in my mind. Richard, please, you're not talking to Irma. I don't imagine things. Well, goodbye, Richard. Here's a kiss for good luck. Oh, Jane, don't kiss him. You know, measles are contagious. Uh, just shake hands with him. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Good night, Richard. Oh, Herma, I better get into bed. Where's the rubbing alcohol? I loaned it to Al. He's entertaining friends. <laughs> oh, come in. Hello, Dr. Miller. Hello, girls. I just got back from the hospital. I want to apologize for not being able to see you soon. Oh, well, Doctor, it's much too late. You see, I caught the measles from Merwin. That's what I wanted to tell you. Merwin is a hypochondriac. He has a strawberry rash, so he calls it measles. Uh, only a strawberry rash? Yes. Oh, oh, Irma, I feel like such a fool. Everything I said about you is true about me. Yes, only I'm younger. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to call up Richard and tell him I can go to Chicago after all. I don't understand. You see, Doctor, I told Jane it's all in her mind, just like this morning. When I felt sick, they convinced me it was all in my mind. You were sick this morning? Yes, but it was only my imagination. Hello, Richard. Richard, I just called to tell you I have some wonderful news. Hold it, Jane. What is it, Doctor? I just took a look at Irma. She's got the measles. Richard? Oh, the wonderful news? See you in two weeks. <laughs> This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
is interesting. It says here that the desert in Death Valley is 270 feet below sea level. Well, it can't be much of a desert with all that water on top of it. <laughs> well, that's what you can expect when you listen to my friend Irma. Friendship, friendship, just perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgotten. Theirs will still be hot. Lever Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap with the exclusive Super Cream Blend presents. Swan. With my friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. You know, I've just looked in the Zodiac to find out what sign I was born under. Whether it was Aries, the Rem, Capricorn, the Goat, or Leo, the Lion. Lo and behold, I find out I'm Taurus. Says in a footnote that Taurus girls get married very young. As far as I'm concerned, now I know why this sign is referred to as Taurus the Bull. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not getting any younger. And every June, I look at the wedding announcements in the newspapers, and you know something? My name isn't there. And as far as Richard Rhinelander is concerned, I've tried everything. From pulling petals off the daisies to sleeping on a piece of wedding cake, all I ever got out of it was a house full of ants. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not the only one who does a bit of mooning around the month of June. Even Irma is affected. Right now, she's looking at a picture of a June bride in the newspaper. The look on her face is a complete blank, which means she's thinking. <laughs> Yes, Jane? What's fascinating you so? Well, look what it says about this bride in the paper. What? When Miss Doris Alber walks down the aisle, she'll be wearing her great-grandmother's lover around her neck. Let me see that. <laughs> Irma, that's lavalier. <laughs> well, I got the other words right. <laughs> Jane, aren't these brides just lovely? Yeah, lovely and lucky. Especially this one. Isn't she adorable? Yes. And her babies are cute, too. <laughs> babies? Yes, an artist has drawn their pictures all around the bride's photograph. Irma, those are cupids. Now, <laughs> uh, Jane, if Richard asked you to marry him, where would you go for the honeymoon? To the nearest sanitarium for shock treatment. <laughs> How about you and Al, honey? Where would you like to spend your honeymoon? Oh, Al has already made reservations. We're going to stay at 822 Wall Street. 822 Wall Street? Irma, isn't Mr. Clyde's office at 824? Yes, when we're on a honeymoon, Al doesn't want me to be late for work. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't surprise me. Your wedding ring will probably have a built-in alarm clock. Hello. Hello, Jane. This is Al. Is Irma there? Oh, just a minute. Irma, it's for you. Well, who is it? I'll give you a hint. It's the one person in the country who celebrates 365 holidays a year. Oh, hello, Al, honey. Hiya, chicken. Can get a couple of free tickets to a show. How would you like to take in Harvey? No, Al, if I take anybody, it'll be you. <laughs> no, chicken, Harvey is a Broadway show. Would you like to go to the matinee this afternoon? Oh, Al, I'd love to. Well, chicken, we'll pick you up later. And look, chicken, since we're going to the theater and mingling with that classy crowd, let's go in style. What do you mean, Al? Make some sandwiches. We'll take them along. <laughs> All right, Al. Goodbye. Oh, Jane, isn't it wonderful? Al's taking me to see Harvey. I wonder what kind of a show it is. Well, it's a comedy. I haven't seen it yet. They say it's very good. It's about a rabbit called Harvey. Only you can't see him. No wonder Al's getting the tickets for nothing. <laughs> oh, well, as long as I'm with Al, I don't care what I don't see. He's so wonderful. <laughs> In June, all fellas seem wonderful. That includes my Richard. You know, I've practiced saying I do for so long that when I walk down the street mumbling to myself, people say, do you realize you're out of your mind? And I say, I do. <laughs> oh, gee, Jane, wouldn't it be wonderful if the four of us were married and lived right next door to each other? <laughs> oh, I can just see it. Richard coming home from a hard day at the office, Al coming home from a hard bench in the park. <laughs> but 
it would be so nice for our children. Yeah, the children. I hadn't thought of that. I guess there would be a little Irma and a little Jane. Little Irma would be asking little Jane questions all day. <laughs> I won't have it. Well, why not, Jane? Because I wouldn't want my daughter to be prematurely gray at the age of four. <laughs> oh, you're just kidding, Jane. Isn't it wonderful to daydream like this? Gee, if, if Al would just propose, I'd buy the wedding ring myself. Buy your own wedding ring? Oh, no, you wouldn't. That's one thing I won't let you do. It's enough you may have to work after you're married, but you're going to start out like a lady. All right, Jane. Gee, you know, I can't wait to go to the theater. Uh, what did you say Harvey was about? Oh, it's about a man who drinks and imagines he sees rabbits. Come in. It's only me, Professor Kapotkin. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, J.D. and Irma, my two little dishes. One food for thought, the other food for squirrels. <laughs> Excuse me, a little joke I picked up in the park. Why, Professor? Uh, girls, I came down here to get a little information. Is the word which an adverb or a preposition? Well, the word which is a pronoun, or it may be used adjectively. How do you want to use it? Uh, dear Mrs. O'Reilly, you are an old witch. <laughs> Why don't you stop teasing poor Mrs. O'Reilly? After all, she's the kind of a person who likes to live and let live. This I know. You should see the things she lets live in my room. <laughs> well, Professor, why, why don't you forget Mrs. O'Reilly as a landlady? Just think of her as a woman. I tried that, but I had to stop right away. I found myself hating my own mother. <laughs> Tell me, Irma, what are you all dressed up for? Oh, Al's going to take you to the matinee. I'm going to see Harvey. Harvey? Yes, it's about a rabbit who drinks and imagines he sees men. <laughs> yes, and pink psychiatrist. Come in. Hello, girls. Oh, there you are, Professor. Oh, it's Mrs. O'Reilly. Now, please, don't get excited, Mrs. O'Reilly. Quiet, you. Uh, girls, what would you think of a man who takes a girl to the playground in the park at night and lets her go up and down on a seesaw for two hours? Oh, I think that's very romantic. Well, that's what I thought until I got off and found a rock tight at the other end of the board. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. O'Reilly. I just went away to buy you some candy. Do you think after how nice you was to me, I could play a dirty trick like that on you? Mrs. O'Reilly, what did you do for him? Oh, oh, just a few little intimate touches for his room. You know the leak in my bathroom pipe? She fixed it? No, she hung a shower curtain around it. <laughs> and you know that old-fashioned gas stove I got? The one the gas is always escaping from? Oh, is she getting you a new stove? No, she gave me a gas mask. <laughs> well, this is all very touching, but Irma Al will be here any minute. You better be ready to go, honey. All right, Jane. Where are you going, Irma? Al's taking me to the theater. To the theater? Uh -huh. Oh, it's been such a long time since I've been to the theater. Yes, it's a little hard for Mrs. O'Reilly to forget all that excitement and shooting. You see, she was sitting right next to Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> oh, hush up, Professor. Oh, Irma, I almost forgot what I came here for. Amber Lips got called while you were at the office, and she wanted me to tell you that she called back again at one o'clock. Come on, Mrs. O'Reilly, I'll take you to the movie around the corner. They're showing two pictures today, the Emperor Waltz and the story of your life. So evil, my love. <laughs> oh, I'll go along with you. Goodbye, girls. I think I'll go too, Irma. I can't stand to be around when that obnoxious girlfriend of yours calls. Oh, Jane, why can't you get along with Amber? Irma, honey, I, I know she's one of your best friends, but tell me, why is it the minute she gets here, she has to take off her shoes and strut around barefooted? I wouldn't mind if her feet were shapely, but believe me, if they had eyes, each one of them could pass for a bearskin rug. <laughs> well, that's not Amber's fault. Her, her feet hurt her. You see, she's employed in a brewery. She's a barrel kicker. <laughs> a barrel kicker? Yeah, she walks around the brewery kicking barrels to see which ones are empty. Oh. <laughs> oh, Irma, don't listen to those stories she makes up. Your friend Amber Lipscott is just a clumsy, lazy oaf with a temper, and I don't want anything to do with her. I'll take it. Hello? 
What? Yes, Amber, this is Jane. Do you want to talk to Irma? The what? Why do I have to answer the phone? Well, I happen to live here. Why do I have to live? Why you? <laughs> hey, give it to me, Jane. Hello? Oh, hello, Amber. This is Irma. Huh? How long am I going to keep on living with someone beneath me? Jane doesn't live beneath me. She lives right here in the same room. <laughs> Thanks, Irma. Uh, what is it, Amber? You sound excited. Huh? You can't tell me, but you'll be right over? Uh, all right. No, I, I won't leave. Goodbye. Gee, I, I wonder what she's so excited about. I don't know, honey. Personally, I don't want to have anything to do with her. As far as I'm concerned, she's the coarsest, most vulgar person in the world. But I've never heard her sound so thrilled. I, I wonder what it can be. She's probably wrestling gorgeous George next week. <laughs> it's me, chicken. Come in, Al. Hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. Sorry I'm late, chicken. Was trying to interest a banker in my latest deal. Oh, another one of your deals? What is it this time? Putting windows in cigar boxes, selling them for television sets? <laughs> Nothing so obvious. This is a special device to eliminate backseat driving. Well, how do you do that, Al? Simple. The car has two exhaust pipes. One of them goes into the back seat. <laughs> I'll tell you more about it later. Chicken, take my arm. We're off to the matinee. Well, gosh, I can't go. You can't go? Why not, Chicken? Well, Amber Lipscott is coming over to discuss something important, and I, and I promised I'd be here. But, Chicken, after all the trouble I went to to get these tickets. Oh, I'm sorry, Al. It's such a shame to waste good seats. Um, Jane. Yes, Al? Jane, in the past, you and I have had many differences, but this could, of course, be based on heredity. What do you mean? Well, in your family, to be ambitious is considered a virtue. In our family, it has come to be looked upon as a disease. <laughs> yes Outside of this slight difference, Jane I have never had anything against you And have always hoped it was sort of mutual What are you driving at, Al? Well, I was wondering if you would like to go to the theater with me Outside of chicken, there is no one I would rather take Well, Al, I... I I've never had anything personal against you And since you put it this way And if Irma won't object Oh, I won't You know what they say, share the wealth <laughs> <laughs> He's broke Well, what do you say, Jane? I'd be delighted. My arm, Miss Stacy. And let me tell you, I may not be able to take you along Park Avenue like your boyfriend Richard does, but believe me, on our way to get a hot dog at the waterfront, we will cross Park Avenue. <laughs> this is a day that will live in history. Goodbye, honey. Yeah, so long, chicken. When we get back, we'll tell you the whole plot. Well, you don't have to, Al. I trust you. <laughs> that, ladies? The music for the first dance of a lovely evening. And the violins are whispering a beauty hint to you. Only Swan has that super cream blend. That's important. Swan soap does give you something no other soap can offer. Swan differs from other soaps. You know it does, because you can feel the difference just by running your fingers over a cake of Swan. You can feel that extra smoothness, the direct result of Swan's Super Cream Blend, then... Feel that wonderful Super Cream Lather. Feel that rich, billowy Swan Lather. A special lather that no other soap can give you. Because no other soap has Swan's Super Cream Blend. This Swan Lather cleanses so gently so thoroughly, and then rinses away so completely that it leaves your skin looking softer, smoother, younger. Yes, you'll find out that the swan look is a young look. You'll see new beauty in your skin. So please don't forget. Only swan has that super cream blend. <laughs> When Richard
Gertrude takes me to the matinee. He hails a cab, picks up a box of candy, hands me a corsage, and we end up watching the show from the third row. But this is with Al. So he hailed a cab, asked the driver what time it was, found out we had time to walk, he picked up a Tootsie Roll, handed me the wrapper, and we ended up watching the show from the third balcony. <laughs> from where we are sitting, not only Harvey the Rabbit is invisible, but so is the cast. I must say Al is enjoying himself immensely, though. He hasn't stopped smiling since he went to sleep. <laughs> Al. Al. Wake up. Your Honor, this whole thing is a mistake. I was frank. Oh. <laughs> How is you, Jane? Al, I don't like to interrupt your dreams, but I paid a dollar twenty tax on those free tickets of yours. I'd like to have you see the show. Sorry, Jane, just can't keep awake. Why not? No dames in the show. Must you have chorus girls? Look, Jane, as much as I love chicken, I am still a normal man. I prefer watching chorus girls to an animal act. I got the feeling that once you've seen one rabbit, you've seen them all. <laughs> no, no, do by all means. Come in. Oh, Amber Lipscott. Hello, Amber. Hello, dearie. Is your roommate out? Yes. Oh, that's good. I can't stand that snooty girl. You mind if I take my shoes off? It helps me to speak freely. Amber, I hope you have something important to tell me because I passed up going to the theater with Al. Have I got something important, dearie? You know my boyfriend, Gerald the jockey. Oh, Amber, don't tell me you finally hooked him. Harpooned is the word, dearie. <laughs> I've got him clean, dressed, and on ice. We're getting married this afternoon. Oh, not really. Yeah, after the seventh race. <laughs> oh, Amber, I don't know what to say. I... Gosh, I'm so happy. Oh, thanks, dearie. Everyone's been so nice. At the track, they gave a party for Gerald and me. They put us in the winner's circle, dropped a horseshoe of flowers around my neck, and weighed me in. <laughs> they were so sentimental. I say, tell me, Emma, how are you coming along with Al? Oh, every time I, I ask Al what's holding up our wedding, he says, manana. That's Spanish for money. <laughs> have to tell me. I went to school. Open up, chicken. Oh, come on in, Al, honey. Oh, hi, Amber. Hello, Al. Hey, you lost a little weight, didn't you? Yeah. You know, driving a bulldozer isn't easy work. <laughs> oh, Al, wait until you hear the wonderful news. Amber is getting married this afternoon. Well, congratulations. <laughs> that was nothing. He knew he'd have to do it sooner or later or I'd cripple him. <laughs> Amber, what time does the wedding take place? At uh, five o'clock at my apartment, dearie. And that's why I dropped by. You gotta do me a favor. Oh, certainly, Amber. What is it? Well, I'm gonna be tied up at the dressmakers until 4.30. So I wondered if you'd take this $50 with this slip to Kay's jewelry store and pick up my wedding ring. Oh, we'd be glad to. Do you want us to come to the wedding? Well, of course I do, honey. You're my dearest friend. And I don't care what kind of a wedding present you bring me, just so long as you're not ashamed of it. <laughs> All right, Amber. Well, we'll get the ring for you. Uh, shall I bring Jane along, too? No, thanks. There'll be enough crumbs around after we cut the wedding cake. <laughs> oh, Amber, I wish you'd try to understand Jane. Underneath it all, she's a wonderful person. That's where I'd like to see her, underneath it all. <laughs> Better not get in my way. Well, so long, honey. Fifty bucks. Al, Amber gave us that money for the ring. I'll put it back on the table. Oh, you misunderstand, chicken. Was merely thinking of getting the most good out of this money for Amber. What do you mean, Al? Well, maybe I can get a better ring for less money. And with the dough I save Amber, we buy her a wedding present. And there's only one man who can help us. Who, Al? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al, got a problem. Want to pick up a wedding ring cheap? What shall I do? Shake hands with Mrs. McHugh? Oh, she's been on a diet. The ring is loose. No, no, Joe. Must be legitimate. Uh-huh. 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 You want I should stop calling you about things that are legitimate? It's giving you a bad name with the boys. Understand your position. Goodbye, noble friend. Now, look, Al, forget about getting bargains. Let's just go out and get a wedding present for Amber. Shall I take along the 50 and the slip for Amber's ring? No, we might lose it. Uh, leave it on the table until we come back. Okay, chicken. Gee, Al, I wish we were getting married like Amber and Gerald. It won't be long, chicken. 
Oh, Al, if you, if you knew how I'd dream of the day when I'll hold our son in my arms. Well, Chicken, how do you know it'll be a boy? <laughs> oh, you don't know about those things. You're so naive. I already wrote to the stork. <laughs> I guess no one's home. Oh, that's too bad. I wanted to tell Irma that I liked the way she sewed the button on my shirt, but that I can't get the shirt off the table because she sewed the shirt to the tablecloth. <laughs> well, you know, this is June, and Irma is very much love-struck. In fact, before I left for the theater, Irma was in such a romantic mood that she said if Al would marry her, she'd buy the ring herself. Well, lots of people are desperate to get married, Janie. Take Mrs. O'Reilly. She says if I will marry her, she will have her face lifted. <laughs> But I'm terrified at the thought of what they might find underneath. Oh, well. You know, I know that Irma's just exaggerating, and she wouldn't do... Oh, my goodness. What's the matter, Jenny? What's on the table there? Kay's Jewelers. One wedding ring, balance $50. Oh, no! She said she would, and now she's done it. She's buying her own wedding ring, so Al will marry her. Poor little Irma. Nature was very cruel to her. Gave her such a big heart, there wasn't anything left to put in her head. Well, Al's not going to get away with this. Irma works too hard for her money to go spending it on a wedding ring. Heavens, if Al wants to marry her, let him buy the ring. Where are you going, Janie? To the bank to deposit this money right back in her account. But the bank is closed now. Well, I'll put it in the night depository, Professor. I'll see you later. This will teach Irma a lesson. <laughs> Nobody here, Al. Well, Chicken, you better get dressed if you want to get to the wedding in time. Don't forget, we got to pick up Amber's ring. All right, Al. Al! What's the matter, Chick? The money for the ring is gone. Don't look at me, Chicken. I come in with you. <laughs> Hello, Jane. Guess what happened? I know what happened. That money you were going to spend on a wedding ring for yourself so this loafer could marry you is back in the bank where it belongs. Back in the bank? Yes. And the bank is closed. Closed? Why are you two acting as though someone had just gotten killed? I wish you hadn't said that, Jane. Sounds like a pretty good ringside description of what's going to happen to you. To me? What are you talking about? Jane, that 50 bucks belongs to Amber Lipscott. It was for her wedding ring. If her wedding is called off on account of your meddling, she may hit the ceiling, and it'll be with you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, what am I going to do? Oh, I don't want to get involved with that terrible monster. Oh, if I could only get $50 so you could get the ring. Let me see, I think I've got $4. Oh, dear. Irma, how much have you got? Uh, 20, 28, 32, 41, half a dollar. Oh. <laughs> I'll go out of my mind. Al, what have you got? Now I know I'm going out of my mind. <laughs> Come in. Hello, folks. Mrs. O'Reilly. Janie, what's wrong? You're white as a sheet. Mrs. O'Reilly, have you got $50? Oh, you should have asked me this morning before I went to the beauty parlor. You spent all that money in the beauty parlor? Yes, I tip big. I have to. If I don't, the girls won't work on me. <laughs> well, I guess this is it, kids. Might as well get ready to face it. Now it's a matter of time, nothing more. <laughs> just sitting here, waiting for the inevitable. Al and Irma have been very solicitous. Irma keeps humming and singing, cheer me up. Her singing is a little worse than anything Amber could do to me. <laughs> As for Al, Al is really concerned. He keeps glancing through my papers to make sure all my insurance policies are paid up. Well, it's after five o'clock, and by now, Amber's either married without a ring or on her way over here with murder in her heart. Oh, if only I hadn't put the money in the bank. Well, goodbye, Jane. Come in, Amber. <laughs> Hello, Amber. Now, look, Amber, let me explain. You don't have to explain, Irma. That's well, the kind of a person you are. But really, Amber, I don't know what to you say. You don't have to talk, Irma. You just feel those things. Feel what things? About not showing up with the ring. You didn't want me to be married. Now, hold it, Amber. You stay out of this, nosy. <laughs> what I'm saying, Irma, is... What makes you so clever and psychic? Psychic? Yeah, how did you know Gerald was already married to somebody else? <laughs> what? I mean, what? You stay out of this. 
I'm, I'm so glad you didn't show up and embarrass me. And I'm so glad you didn't buy the ring. If I only told you about the money Gerald gave me. Uh, what, what about the money? You, my worst enemy, should try to pass that money. It's counterfeit. <laughs> Say, Irma, what's your girlfriend doing lying on the floor? Oh, I don't know. Jane, I wish you wouldn't go to sleep when we have company. <laughs> Irma putting a cake of swan soap in front of the electric fan. So I said, honey, what's the idea? And Irma said, oh, I thought if our swan starts molting, the fan will blow its feathers away. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jane, Irma has her serious moments about swan soap, too. Sure, she says the large cake of swan is wonderful for a bath. So, ladies, why don't you get the large-size cake of swan next time? See how it breaks easily into two generous cakes that last and last for your bath. And when you feel your cake of swan, you'll notice how smooth it is. Feel the lather. It's smoother, richer, creamier. And that's because of swan's super-creamed blend. So, get the big, handsome, generous cake of swan soap for your bath. <laughs> must feel all the time. Why? Because I have pulled the boner of boners. Fortunately, I got to the bank in the morning early enough to stop the counterfeit deposit and everything's taken care of. But I just can't stand to be in a position where Irma feels she must sympathize with me. In fact, I just go crazy when Irma says, Oh, Jane, don't feel so badly about making a mistake. Sometimes I even say some things that aren't exactly brilliant. <laughs> Not really. Oh, sure, but who cares? Six of one or ten of another. All adds up to 12. <laughs> and you know, 12 is just a little higher than the IQ of my friend, Irma. Friend Irma presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, listen again to... Our friend Swan. With my friend Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. The part of Professor Kropotkin was played by Hans Conried. Ladies, listen. The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please keep on saving every drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. Sprime. Cakes are light and high. Sprime. There's a reason why. Sprime. Cakes improve with Sprime. Rely on Sprime. Yes, there's a reason why Spry makes grand cakes. Spry has an amazing cake improver secret. Try the Spry one bowl way and be sure of lighter, finer, richer cakes every time. No other type of shortening has Spry's Cake Improver. For new cake-making success, try Spry, the pure all-vegetable shortening. Rely on Spry. S-P-R-Y. Rely on Spry. Tune in next week, one hour earlier, and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by my friend Irma. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Kathy Lewis and Miss Mary Wilson in the CBS comedy show, My Friend Irma. Please join me later on tonight as I bring to the show back for our producers, writers, and directors month, part two for the month of August. 
Mr. Orson Welles in two dramatic episodes. And join me this coming Friday as I bring to the show, back by popular demand, Mr. and Mrs. Ozzie and Harriet Nelson in The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet Nelson. Then stay tuned for a schedule change and update in upcoming episodes. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. Have a wonderful and very blessed day. And always remember to enjoy the show, guys. Thanks.